from Music Radio Creative in the UK. No matter where you live, we all have something in weather. So it's time to break out your big box of isobars. Here's Andre. Monday, everybody. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything, weather science, earth science, and a whole lot more. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And this is episode number 314 for Wednesday, April 4, 2022. Well, it's Monday, Meteorological Monday. I tend to focus mostly on near-term and even medium-term forecast parameters. But in this particular case, because we just closed out the month of March, I thought it would be a good time to take a look and what we have had in the greater Cleveland area in terms of most recent monthly stats. It's always something of great interest, especially to those of you in Northeast Ohio and the surrounding communities. So let's take a look at the month of March. And it uh, does appear as though we ended up just a little above normal. Now, remember, the general rule of thumb is in most climatological places, and that includes Greater Cleveland, if you are within plus or minus two degrees of normal, essentially it's a normal month. However, once you begin to deviate outside that plus or minus two, that's when you say, okay, it was a little warmer or a little cooler than normal or a lot warmer and a lot cooler than normal. So those of you that perhaps guessed that we were a little above normal, you're right on the mark there. The averages came in at 2.8 degrees above normal, but that is just barely above the threshold of the plus or minus two. So while it was maybe slightly milder than normal, there were 16 above normal days, 13 below normal days, and the rest right around normal. So They almost averaged out, but what really stands out for this particular March is the fact that we only had two and a half inches of snow for this March, and that meant that the deficit got deeper and deeper. In a normal March, we pick up about 11 inches of snow, 10.8 is the normal, so we were far, far below that normal. So for the year thus far, up to this point, we've had just under 51 inches of snow for the season. Normally, we should be at 61. And so we're about 10 inches, almost 11 inches below normal at Cleveland Hopkins Airport. But if you remember, as we were tracking uh, the snowfall for a lot of the cities in Northeast Ohio, there was quite a bit of variability Akron Canton had been running a surplus for a lot of the winter. Well, what about right now? Right now, Akron Canton also had 50.9 inches for the season, the very same as Hopkins Airport. But remember, for Akron Canton, normal is a lot less. 45.8 inches is what they should have. So right now, this very moment, 
they actually have a 5.1 inch surplus. And by the time you slip over to Youngstown, which by the way, did have a surplus in the snowfall department for a little portion of the winter. But in March, they too began to fall a little behind and just by a little bit. The result, however, splits the difference between Cleveland and Akron Canton. So they have a six inch deficit, not quite as deep of a deficit as Hopkins Airport. So once again, we're looking at these numbers and seeing kind of an interesting distribution of snowfall across northeast Ohio. Some of the other numbers interesting to note thus far for the winter in Buffalo, just a little above average, essentially near normal. And they have received enough snow to keep them at just about two inches above normal. Again, so close to normal, that would be considered essentially a normal winter. But by the time you work northward into places like Burlington, Vermont, now Burlington has an interesting stat. They should have received 84 inches of snow for the season thus far. This year, only 66 and a half. So they're running a deficit of about, well, about 20 inches or so, give or take. However, that's not necessarily the case at a lot of the scariest. This has been an excellent ski season, not only across New England, New York State, but also into the northern Ohio Valley, into Michigan, and across into the upper Midwest. And that would include Wisconsin, Minnesota. And it's been a banner year for many of the western ski areas. This is a little unusual in the sense that when you have great ski conditions in the western U.S., typically they're not so nice in the east. But this has been a great year overall for much of the USA. Now, December was the exception for the Ohio Valley. We only picked up literally 0.2 inches of snow at Hopkins Airport, two-tenths of an inch of snow. And that is almost the least amount ever. The least was a trace, and that was set back in in historical times, uh, I believe somewhere in the 1920s. However, this year was the second least amount of snow in any December since weather records began in 1871. Now, that's pretty impressive. Had December not been so not snowy, Had they even approached near normal snowfall, guess what? The winter stats would have been, at least at this point, pretty impressive with near or even above normal snowfall had we seen a normal December. But obviously, that was not in the cards, at least for this year. But weather is fascinating that way. You can have a weather pattern literally flip on its head like we did this year when we had a snowless and relatively mild December. And when January came for about a six-week period, not only was it very snowy, but it was also pretty darn cold. So there you have it. That is the summation, and that now includes the month of March, which technically and meteorologically anyway is a springtime month. Well, as we move deeper and deeper into the month of April, May, and June, those are going to be the months, at least in the Ohio Valley, where severe weather is on the uptick. And right now, the bullseye is in the south-central states. It always starts in the south-central states, Texas, Mississippi, Arkansas, 
Louisiana, Florida, and Georgia. And eventually that migrates northward over time as we push deeper and deeper into April, May, and June. Of course, we just recently commemorated the early 1970s outbreak from April 3rd and 4th, which included the Xenia, Ohio tornado. Tornadoes and the tracks that went from Michigan all the way down into the deep south on that particular uh, stretch. But uh, we're starting to see severe weather push northward, and as it does so, National Weather Service always looking for trained spotters. And I've got some good news for you from the National Weather Service. Typically, they will have various seminars in various communities in the months leading up to the severe weather peak, which is now coming up on us. And if you couldn't make it to one of those seminars, obviously you couldn't become a trained National Weather Service spotter. Well, this year they decided to try something different. And so what I'm going to do on weatherjazz.com, episode number 314, is supply a link via Twitter that will take the course online and bring it into your very own living room. Now, yes, it will be at a pre-prescribed date and time. It's going to be on Thursday, April the 14th at 6 p.m. So if you'd like to learn more about this severe weather safety and storm spotting training seminar from the comfort of your very own home, this might be right up your alley. So I'll post that on weatherjazz.com. Look for an embedded Twitter tweet from the National Weather Service on episode number 314. That way you can just click on the link and you can pre-register for this seminar. And if you've always wanted to become an official trained Skywarn spotter, this might be exactly what you have finally been looking for. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, a bit centered on the Ohio Valley, but the next one will be for everyone, because everyone looks into the heavens and sees Jupiter. Well, not right now, because it's a little too close to the sun, but pretty soon Jupiter's going to become a morning object. Just give it another month or two, and by September, it'll be up in the sky all night long, along with uh, Saturn and a few of the other planets. But specifically, we're going to be talking about the two inner Galilean moons. Now, Jupiter Jupiter has a ton of moons, but the first four that were discovered were discovered by Galileo Galilei. That's why they're called the Galilean moons. Well, coming up on Wednesday, we're going to look at Io and Europa, the two innermost moons. Really, really fascinating. If you remember Jay Reynolds last week, who is a research astronomer with Cleveland State, was really interested in Io in particular, very excited. And so I asked Jay Reynolds if he would come back and we would explore not only Io, but also Europa. Those are the two moons that uh, circle Jupiter a little bit closer and their orbital speeds and their orbital days much faster. So much so that you can literally see them moving in just a couple of hours. It's a fascinating thing. And the world of Io, very active with a ton of volcanoes, the most anywhere in the solar system. So hope you'll join us on Wednesday for a look at those Jovian moons 
Yes, they're jovial moons too because we can see them. But jovian in the sense that they belong to Jupiter. That's coming up on Wednesday right here on Weather Jazz. We will see you then. Weather and science across the globe. Just